All right. Well, welcome to the Common Sense Nutrition Podcast. This podcast today is going to be all about helping you define what it means when we say plant-based diet. And my name is Kristen Peterson, and I am here today with my friend, Sharon Lacey. And Sharon is a fellow health coach. She's also a yoga instructor and a raw food chef, kind of jack of all trades. We both went to the same nutrition school together and we have a lot of the same thinking. And I asked Sharon to join me today so that we could help just break down the definition of what it means when we say plant-based diet. But before I get started, I just wanted to um, ask you to please go back to my website at commonsensenutritionaz.com for more information on what I do as a health coach. But let's go ahead and get rolling. Welcome, Sharon. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for inviting me, Kristen. I'm really happy to be here with you. I know. I think this is a really important topic. I had um, a friend reach out to me the other day. I think she heard something, maybe one of my past podcasts or something that I posted on social media. And she said, what do you mean when you say plant-based diet? And it really struck me because I thought probably for people like you and I, we throw that word around like confetti. (laughs) It's just, it's so part of our language that we don't think that maybe people need to really understand what that means. Like I know when I was in nutrition school, I don't think I really knew what that meant until they had started really defining that for us. So I thought that it would be a good topic for us to, to help break down and, and help people understand a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that some people, when they hear a plant-based diet, they think vegetarian or vegan, which, you know, as we know, you and I know that a lot of people who are vegan or vegetarian aren't necessarily eating a whole heck of a lot of plants. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're just not eating animal, but they're not necessarily eating a lot of plants. This is a really good topic and I'm glad you're addressing it because you forget sometimes people just don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's, I think it's simple. So I, I hope that we can express that to people as we go through this here too. So first, let me just start with the definition. I looked this up on the computer, on the internet, Wikipedia, um, the definition of a plant-based diet. A diet consisting mostly or entirely of foods derived from plants, including veggies, nuts, seeds, grains, legumes, and fruits with few or no animal products. Simple enough, right? And I think the thing is with people, they go, well, okay, aside from that, like, how do you make that? Like, how, what does that mean, plant-based diet? And I really think for me, it's more than just understanding what the foods are, but the understanding that eating these foods, right? The, The vegetables, the fruits, the nuts, the seeds, the grains, the berries, that is the basis of the diet. That's the base. So we say plant based. It's like this first, start with this first. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we learned in school, Kristen, is the, the 80, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. You know, 80% of our plate is fruits, vegetables, berries, grains, stuff that comes from the earth, stuff that has live food, live enzymes, live energy in it mm-hmm. um, that gives it life. And then the other 20%, you know, a little bit of meat. You know, maybe, maybe a hot dog feel like it once in a while, like me (laughs) or your cake or your beer or whatever it is that you want to fill in the blank with the 20%. But, um, I like the 80, 20, um, amount. I think that's a really good way to live. I completely agree. I think that 
And I, I teach that just when in coaching and talking to people, like if you're still striving for perfection, like do so, so, so to say plant-based eating, it doesn't mean that it has to be perfection and that's all that you can eat. So it's not about being a vegan or a vegetarian and, and having a super restrictive, like I'm only eating these foods. The, it's like, if you make the basis 80% or more of what you eat plant-based, the rest is kind of just like the frosting on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, you know, I love my beer mm-hmm. and I love, I love my, I love my cheeseburgers or pizza on a Friday night or absolutely. So I think that we did, I think we did a good job explaining the what mm-hmm. let's move on to the how. And I think this was a big transition for me. Like, like I said, at the, you know, when we first started nutrition school, I didn't necessarily know what plant-based diet meant until it started to become you know, more spelled out for us in school. And I think it's important for people to understand that that's like to say that like, you're going to move into this. It doesn't have to be a like jump in with both feet and do it today. Cause for me, it was a transition. I had a family that I was taking along and I know when I was in nutrition school, my husband, I remember it's like, well, you're not going to become one of those tree huggers. Are you? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Slowly, but they snuck it on them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's not all about eating, you know, granola and, you know, giving up all of our, our, you know, meat and beer, but just learning how to make those transitions so that it becomes something that's comfortable for everybody in your, in your household or in your life or for you. And then just as over time, you'll notice it just starts to become the habit, right? Right. So I thought that maybe we could give some tips on just helping people learn how to transition into a plant-based diet or just making it more of what they eat. You know, one of the things that I think was really helpful for me, I know when I was health coaching people, um, the reason I went and got my raw food chef certification was because I wanted to give people some creative options to add more. Not that they necessarily had to live that raw food life, which is things that are cooked under 120 degrees and it's all plant-based. But also to just give variety because you can do so many fun things with, fruits and vegetables that, that we in our normal standard American diet would never even think of, but it's delicious, nutritious, and, and actually really fun. Um, I, I, and I even think a really good a tip for people who want to move more into a plant-based diet is to look up vegan recipes. Yes. Because you don't have to be a vegan to make a vegan recipe. You can make a vegan recipe because they're very creative and very exciting and very tasty. Mm-hmm. And then you can add a little bit of your meat or a little bit of whatever it is you want to add. I love that. And I always tell people that too, like I love using Pinterest as a search engine and to also keep track of like recipes that I find that I love. Cause when I'm trying to make my weekly menu, I'll often refer back to that for inspiration. Um, like before I go grocery shopping, but instead of searching even vegetarian, I search vegan recipes because you can add in a little bit of dairy or cheese, or you can add in a little bit of animal protein if you want. But I think the vegan is an easy way to just, that's, that's the base. That's the plant base because obviously that's how, you know, vegans eat right. primarily plants. So I also like, you know, for me, at the, like when I first started transitioning down this road, take inventory of your pantry and your refrigerator and your freezer. And it doesn't mean that you have to go and like throw away everything. Don't go throw away all the ice cream and throw away all the steaks. And, but take inventory of what you have and just start slowly like replacing them or as, you know, these are things that I know I don't want to buy again, or I want to stop bringing these things into the house. And then you like use them up, 
but add plants to it. You know, like if you have a bag of, you know, popcorn shrimp in the freezer, what can you serve with that? That's going to put more plants in that meal and then just use those things up and, you know, don't bring them back in. <laughs> you know, I having a tower garden in this apartment and I've got this, this, uh, this amazing 36 slots for this Yes. Lettuce and all, I mean, all kinds of beautiful produce. And so it, it just having that visual in front of me every day, like today I had some um, gluten-free, I don't know, I had this biggest taste for some um, breaded fish and they were gluten-free breaded fish and I made it and I ra- I went and grabbed the lettuce off of the tower, wrapped the, the fish up in the lettuce and ate it like a taco. Love it. It was so good. So yes. just having, just finding different ways, creative ways to add it add the vegetables or the fruits into your everyday. Yeah. Just, I always look at any recipe, like what can I do to add more? Mm -hmm. Even if I'm making tacos with like ground turkey or ground beef, like how can I, what can I add to that? Like sometimes I'll mince up or even just shred like zucchini in there or throw some spinach in that, in the taco meat, just to add some more vegetables in there. And then, you know, if you think that like keep a food journal too, if you want to like really look at what you are eating and how you can change that. If you keep a food journal, it'll really help you be real about what, what you are eating. That's not plant-based. And then that'll give you an opportunity to think, okay, how can I change that? How can I take that, that dish or that meal or that recipe and change that up, add more plants into it. Um, and then, like I said, with like, when I do my weekly meal planning, or even if it's just, I'm going to the grocery store to buy two or three days worth of food. I look up recipes beforehand. I often refer back to my Pinterest board and then intentionally just increasing the amount of plant foods that I have in each recipe. Super simple. I think it's easy and it's a way to do it where it's almost like you can, if you have those picky eaters at home, because I know when we started this journey, my youngest son, who's now in college, he was in elementary school and he was the kid that would eat like it was his diet was all white. <laughs> so just to get plants in him was stuff that I, you know, I had to be diligent and I had to find creative ways to do it, but it pays off. I mean, like I look back and think the first time or two that I, I served quinoa that before nobody knew what it was and nobody could pronounce it. <laughs> it was like, he would die, you know, and you know how tiny quinoa is. He would see, I would put it in things. I remember making a turkey quinoa meatloaf one night thinking he'll never know it's in here. And he was like, is there quinoa in here? And I like, almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, how does he even see that in here? It's in the meat. <laughs> and he was refusing it. But over time, it's just like, you keep introducing those things and keep, you know, keep trying. And it just, you know, then you're, you don't have to keep fighting it because people, they'll, they'll start to like it. <laughs> And you know, it's really, it's kind of fun to be a part of a group. Like we run the shred program and it, and there's so many people post the different things that they're doing. Like for me, I love like a taco or a roll. And I learned that you can take a, a big celery root and cut it really thin and cook it a little bit and use that as your wrap. So you don't even, and, and not even know that you're missing your tortilla or, you know, people that really are addicted to pasta. They, um, you know, we got the idea of spiralizing your zucchini or spiralizing your sweet potato. And, you know, when I was introducing that to my children and you put a good sauce on there, they don't even realize they're missing their, their empty, you know, no nutrition pasta. What other kind of things did you kind of trans, did you like replace Kristen, like something that you replaced that was, you know, something that was not healthy and then found a way to maybe introduce a different, a veg, fruit or vegetable to make it well, you know what, what comes to mind actually is 
with my, cause my youngest son was my pickiest and he was like addicted to breakfast cereal and it was my own fault cause I was giving it to him and I'm still not a huge, you know, I don't love breakfast cereal, but I just, just with stuff like that, where I knew I'd started to become aware, like this is not, this is not healthy. This is doing nothing, but like, you know, you're starting out your day spiking blood sugar and starting that roller coaster first thing in the morning, I need to get this kid away from this. So I just started, you know, buying cereals that were that were more grain forward, so that they had, you know, the whole grain in them. And then just really like transitioning completely away from breakfast cereal and having like just oatmeal, like whole rolled oats, and even buying um, the oats and, and buying like some small mason jars and doing refrigerator like overnight oatmeal. And keeping those in the refrigerator so that, you know, breakfast cereal, you know, corn pops was a thing of the past. And then now it's just the grab and go little jar of, and even still, he's a college kid. And if I keep those in the, in the refrigerator for him, he still eats them. He loves it. And you can make whatever you want in there. You can put the whole, I put whole berries, strawberries, blueberries, chunks of banana. I put nuts in there. So you're putting like, you're putting, you know, plant foods in that jar of cereal. So and that was a good point you made too, is that you, you didn't just say, okay, you can't have your cereal anymore. You're done. You took your family and you took, you just step-by-step step, um, ch- transitioned. And, and in that transition, their taste buds started to change. Yeah. And you, you know, like they're, they're not wanting cereal anymore. No. And sometimes it's funny because when you think that you do, and then you eat that way, whether it's just like a memory or like, you know, like we were talking a minute ago before we got on here about just emotional eating, especially with the stresses of things that we're going through right now in the world. It's making us emotionally eat. Plus, you know, really being forced indoors and not having that socialization. It's like, you think nobody's looking, right? So I can eat anything I want. And then you feel the difference where it's like, if you think that you're like, Ooh, Doritos sound really good. If you haven't had that in a long time, or you haven't had your diet Coke or the junk foods, and then you go back to thinking that you can eat that way or you want it. It's, you notice how you feel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's not good. And that's a good thing when you realize that it doesn't feel good to eat that way. And it makes you want to stick with it more and more, I think. So good reminders. So let's, um, can we talk a little bit about just some of the health benefits for people as to why they would want to transition into this type of, you know, plant-based eating? Well, you know, one of the things that hits me right away when you say that is, you know, our human body, it's a, it's a self-healing and self-rejuvenating organism. And if you give it the proper tools like fruits and vegetables, which we are meant to be really, truly eating, it has the ability to, to just thrive. And we, we don't want to just have this life that's just mediocre. We want to be thriving. We want our brains to work well. We want our energy to be high. We want our emotions to be stable. And we want to keep ourselves free from disease. So I just think that um, just the body being that self-healing organism that we don't have to be sick. We don't have to be uncomfortable. And I think the fruits and vegetables is, that's the biggest why you need to be adding more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And you know what? It's a testament to the human body mm-hmm. that like we can feel really, really good when we do eat a diet that's primarily plants and we don't know how that feels until we do it. But if you transition away from a diet that's not based in that, it's amazing when you look back and you realize, oh my gosh, I can't believe I ate that way for like this, you know, majority of my life and my body still functioned. You know, you see a lot of really unhealthy people that, you know, really eat a very poor diet, like nutritionally, 
deprived and they're, they're alive. Like they're functioning, their heart is still beating and they're still moving. It's just, it's a testament, but you know, they think it's just also proof that that's, this is what your body wants. Cause you don't know how good you can feel until, you know, you know how good you feel now, but how good will you feel if you do this, if you increase this and, and really, you know, if you do the, you know, there may be diseases that you never know that you didn't get. Right. You know, like things like, you know, a, a plant-based diet really helps us stay away from things like heart disease, obesity, um, cancers, and, um, well, and inflammation. Inflammation is the root of disease. So when we, when our system's inflamed, it's, you know, one thing leads into another. And, and that's even the topic we could have on another podcast, but a whole other, we could go on and on about that. But what I think is really important, especially right now, is that plants contain the phytonutrients that our, that our bodies need. So they have the phytonutrients, the antioxidants, vitamins and minerals that our, our bodies, our cells at the cellular level, the things that we need to help keep our body and our immune system in balance. And right now, everybody's really thinking about the strength of their immune system and how important that is. And it's at the top of everybody's mind. And if there's one reason why a plant-based diet is of supreme importance, it's for our immune health right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and making sure in that, that you're not only, I mean, a lot of people seem to think they're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables when they eat the same, you know, banana or apple for breakfast, a little bit of steamed broccoli and maybe a salad for dinner. And there's not a huge variety. So I think another thing important about a plant-based diet is to have that variety, have a, a, a rainbow full of colors. And, you know, um, another tip just, to, I thought about this is when you're at the grocery store, you don't, like some of the things you kind of look over, you don't really even think about them. But I, I challenge people, and this has been a challenge that I've heard many times, is pick something up that you've never, ever bought before, never even heard of before, and then go bring it home, go home and Google, you know, look up what recipes you can make with it and learn about it and maybe create something that you love that you never would have loved if you didn't try. Yeah, I love that. I used to tell people that when I would uh, take coaching clients to the grocery store, like try something new. Like, what do I have to do with this? I don't know. Buy it. See what you can do. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I love, um, I think the, the, uh, the, the, oh my gosh, the resource and stumbling over my words, forks over knives is a great resource for people that are trying to figure out how to start. So, you know, the movie, there's the forks over knives movie, which is a great place to start just watching that and seeing, I love that movie where they showed these people that were really in poor health and, how they transitioned them in a very short period of time, people with, you know, like type two diabetes and heart disease and, and obese people and put them on a very restrictive plant-based diet for just what I think they did it for two weeks and how it dramatically impacted their health. Um, but forks over knives, it's a company, it's a business, right? Dr. Esselstyn and his son, they, um, which I, we have the opportunity to hear him speak at that, at that conference that time. It was amazing. Um, at the nutraceuticals conference. That was great. He, that was a highlight for me hearing him speak, <laughs> but, um, they're, they whole, that's a great resource because they have recipes, um, a blog. So if people are struggling with how, or like what to do, like, how do you make a meal that's plant-based? I think that's a great resource to have. And even, you know, like when you are planning your, your weekly calendar, if this seems new or foreign to you, Pick up, you know, meatless Mondays. Pick one or two meals each week that you specifically make 
that doesn't have any, you know, animal or dairy and, you know, and just try to challenge yourself like that. And then you can find some recipes that you love. And everyone will be okay. They won't die if they don't have their meat or dairy this day. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I say, if you're hungry when you're done. <laughs> I think people think like that. Like, but what, there's no meat. Am I going to be able to survive? I'm going to make it till tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be hungry. Like, you know, it's okay. There's another meal after this one. You'll get another meal. Well, I got real quick. I want to say this when I would have my raw food classes, I'd have like people like sign up for it and come and kind of like be grumbling going, okay, great. And they would have little just samples of the things that I made and they left full because as a society, we are overfed and undernourished. Yes. So the nutrition that you're going to get from fruits and vegetables won't leave you hungry. No. And it's, it's, it's satisfying. And I feel like, so like, I love to eat. I've never been a small plate person. I like to put the food on the plate. But I think one thing I love the most about plants, it's, it's like the, the one food category, eat all you want, right? Eat all you want. It's okay. Like I had a huge salad. Like I, when I have salad, usually at lunch, cause that's, I love to just put whatever I want in it. I don't serve salad in a little, like, you know, a little bowl. Like I go get like the serving bowl (laughs) and I put all the salad in it and I eat it all. (laughs) It's okay. It's your unlimited food category. You can't say that about ice cream, right? Or pizza. You, yeah. There's a limit to that about those things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But plants, hooray for plants. Eat all you want. That's good news for the people that like to chew. <laughs> and right. Sharon's even been known to throw her produce in the Vitamix and blend it up and drink it down. <laughs> Absolutely. I love a salad occasionally, but, and I do eat them. I usually throw like an, a fried egg on top of it or mix it in with stuff. But I, I just feel better about getting in my body. Just throw it in a blender and drink it. <laughs> Make a salad smoothie. Okay, well, I'm not there yet. I still like to chew my salad, but I'll drink my smoothies for the for breakfast. With, usually with fruit, not not salad stuff, not lunch stuff. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for for doing this with me. And I think that I hope that we shared some really good information with people to help clear up what this is and and give them some good compelling reasons why they would want to do it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here for us today. But first off, I just want to give you guys a huge thank you. And thank you to Sharon for joining me today. And thanks everybody for listening. And I hope you found this content to be a value. And if you like what you hear, I do hope that you'll share this podcast with a friend and be sure to check out my website, commonsensenutritionaz.com. And while you're in there, feel free to shoot me a message and let me know what you'd like me to touch on for future podcasts. And while you're in there, also be sure to click on the programs button to learn a little bit more about the clean eating program. And Sharon mentioned a little bit about it um, and that I lead each month. And I've taken my knowledge of holistic nutrition, health coaching, and preventive health. And I combine that with my knowledge of different dietary theories. And I use this to help coach you through this lifestyle program with a 10-day monthly jumpstart. And I'm really excited for you to check it out. So the website, once again, is commonsensenutritionaz.com to get started. And until then, until next time, this is Kristen Peterson with my friend Sharon Lacey. Stay healthy, eat clean, and thank you for listening to my Common Sense Nutrition Podcast.